Well, welcome to Christmas Day 2021. Who would have thought that again we're at a position where just the way things are unfolding at the moment, we are uh, streaming to you. Unfortunately, we can't be together um, in a room today, but we can still be together as the church. And so what we've learned this year, uh, it's been a tough year, but we have learned that Jesus is with us regardless of what's going on around us. We have learned that we are the church where we find ourselves. So we, we don't have to come into a building to be the church, but we are the church wherever we, we find ourselves. And wherever you are right now, whether you're watching this on Christmas morning or at some other time, uh, just be reminded that Emmanuel, God with us, he's right in our presence, that we can be the church in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our streets, and we can celebrate Christmas together. And so we want to do that today as Coast Community. So thank you for joining us. I hope that your, your morning, if it's Christmas morning for you, has been a great one, that you're enjoying time with um, those around you. And for those who might be in isolation, because we know there are people across our community, um, we just want to acknowledge that this is a tough thing at Christmas time to be isolated because of COVID reasons. But again, remember that we are part of a big family, that God is with us. And we trust that even in those circumstances, you can have a great day. We were really blessed um, when we were going through this last year to have a bunch of our team put some songs together for us, some carols. And we're about to view that. And we want to thank those guys for doing that. Um, and so we're going to uh, enjoy that together. There's a few carols for us. And then straight after that, we've got Nick Briggs, who's going to come and bring a, a word for us, a word in season, a Christmas message today, and trust that you'll really be blessed by that. And um, and I know it's, it's a beauty, so there's something to look out for there that I think is a, a cracker. So join us now as we go um, into looking at a few carols, you know, sing along if you want to, if that's your if that's your thing. Um, if not, just enjoy the, the presentation of that. Then we're going to hear from Nick and I'll see you a little bit later on. Joyful and triumphant, oh come ye, oh come ye to Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him,
Jesus forevermore be thy name. Word of the Father, now in flesh appear. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore in until Christmas Eve, um, when I was a kid, it was after I was in bed, because I would have touched it, felt it, peeked, had a look, couldn't leave the gifts alone. 
um, that I just loved Christmas. Now, actually, kids, if you're watching at home, you should really put your hands over your ears because I don't want to give you any ideas because the other thing about um, me and Christmas gifts is if my mum and dad um, needed to duck out to go to the shops to get bread and milk when I was a kid, um, me and my brothers would organise a bit of a house search and we'd search to see if we could actually gather any intel on the Christmas presents that we were getting that year. We loved Christmas. Um, I loved Christmas Day Church. Such a shame that we can't be together today, but I loved Christmas Day Church, loved family lunch. Um, my grandpa would actually write us rhymes and he'd um, put them on the tree as if Santa had written them um, for us and we'd get a personalised little letter from Santa on Christmas morning. Um, my nan, she would buy my cousin and I the same outfit just in a different colour and we'd have matchy-matchy outfits. And who can forget your Santa pick, your annual Santa pick. And I know that lots of you have actually had your Santa pick because I've seen them on Facebook and Instagram. Um, love Christmas. You know, and as I grew, here's the thing, my OCD kind of kicked in at Christmas. Um, uh, no one allow, is allowed at my house to actually do the Christmas tree but me. Um, all of my ornaments have to kind of match. I have to have at least four of the same kind. Now you know, now you're finding out a lot about me and my OCD. Um, if there, if I have one ornament that doesn't match, it kind of gets to go behind the tree and no one really sees it. And all of them must actually fit in with the colour scheme. Um, it's a per perfect Instagrammable tree. You know, last time my niece and nephew were here from Canada, they were very little and I did not want them touching my tree. So I actually bought them their own tree and their own ornaments so they could actually make their own tree and not touch mine. That's how much trees um, are important to me. Uh, and not only trees, but then there's the presents. You know, my wrapping paper matches the tree. You're actually finding out a lot about just how particular I am about this stuff. Um, I'm very, I'm very much a visual person. So I have my perfect Instagrammable tree and my perfect Instagrammable presents. Um, and I love sending my Canadian family gifts at, at Christmas time. And my presents, I know, look pretty awesome when they leave. But I also know that by the time they get there, they don't look picture perfect anymore. Um, you know, who can forget food? I know that Christmas time food also. Uh, looks good. And I know this because I see all of your um, Christmas Day food on Instagram and Facebook. We see all of your lunches, we see your gingerbread houses, um, all of your Christmas Day perfect Instagrammable food. Now, for those of you that don't know what Instagrammable is, Instagrammable is a picture that is worthy of your social media. So something that looks really good and you put it on Instagram or Facebook. But here's the thing. The thing with Picture Perfect is things are rarely what they seem. Most social media pics are taken, retaken, um, edited, staged, filtered, and then some. Um, they say a picture paints a thousand words, and it does. But does it actually paint reality or a truth or a whole truth? There is often a lot more going on behind the scenes when we think of a picture. The Christmas story for me is the perfect example, the nativity. The nativity, it's the picture that we actually all know. 
everyone recognises it. We can all probably name everybody that's in the picture. Um, we can all probably retell the story to some degree. Um, it symbolises so much. We know that it symbolises hope. We know it symbolises love, fulfilled promises. It's, um, it's the picture that has painted a thousand words for generations and probably will for generations to come. What it, what it represents at its heart is true. But if we really looked at the first Christmas, there is so much more going on, so much more behind the scenes. It's not actually that picture perfect. So to give you context for this picture, um, when Jesus was born at this very time in history, the Jewish nation had been waiting and waiting for God to fulfill his promises for a very long time. They were waiting for God to, to send their rescuer, someone who would restore them as a nation. Um, in Isaiah 9, 6, it said, says, for, for to us a child shall be born, to us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There shall be no end to the increase of his government of, and of peace. He shall rule on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. This is the prophecy that the Jews have been waiting for. The Jews have been waiting for a king, a king that would actually wield absolute power. Governments would fall at its feet, his feet. He would rule and reign, a warrior king. That Jerusalem and the Jewish nation would be restored, the enemies would be destroyed, and God's chosen people would see God reign with absolute power and authority. The Jewish nation at the time had been enslaved, dispersed, overrun, and were now actually um, under the rule and government of the Romans. Their lands were not their own. And they, this was all through their own disobedience to God, and this was a consequence of their sin. And they've been crying out to God for years and years, pleading with him to restore their nation and fulfill his promise. So when you think of royalty, kids, when you think of royalty, you think of kings. You expect a royal entrance, trumpets, red carpets, important people, hanging out with more important people. And most importantly, you expect power. A king comes with absolute power. The Jewish people were expecting a warrior king, power reinstated. And yet Jesus, creator of the world, king of kings, prince of peace, waded into the mess of humanity in the most humblest of circumstances. He came to town like everybody else, was born in what most would say were not the best circumstances. And he was entrusted to everyday people. And then he continued to live in such a way that, that challenged and reshaped everything the Jewish people had known about God and what it actually meant to follow him. The Christmas story, the nativity, as we know it, you know, it really is a blend of two books of the Bible. It's, it's a blend of the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. The other Gospels actually don't speak about Jesus. And it, and it really is a blend of the, the two, first two chapters of both books. Um, there isn't a lot of detail. You know, 
Matthew tells more of Joseph's story and, and Luke actually tells more of Mary's. In Luke 1, we actually find that the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. And you probably all know, he says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Um, basically, God has a surprise for you. You're going you're gonna to be his son's mum. Now, we know that Mary had been promised to Joseph. Um, they were engaged. Now, we don't know a lot about Joseph. We, we know he is a seemingly normal, average guy who was a carpenter. Um, the Bible does say that he's a righteous man. That's basically what we know about Joseph. Um, and we know that Mary, she's a teenager, like she's young, really young. And that Gabriel says to Mary, he says that you're beautiful with God's beauty inside and out. So we know that Mary actually has a heart for God, but we actually don't know much else about them. So can you imagine being as young as Mary? Now we're talking between the ages of 12 and 15. I was talking to Mackenzie Cross about it the other day. Hi, Mackenzie. Hope you're watching. She is 14. And I'm like, can you imagine being Mary's age? Your future's basically already planned out for you, which was what happened in that cultural and time. Um, You're going to marry someone that you know, you may know well, or you may not know that particularly well. And then the angel Gabe rocks up and says, surprise, God has chosen you to be the mother of his son. But then think about Joseph. Awkward situation for him, hey? Really awkward. Um, you know, he actually finds out that Mary's pregnant. I'm not sure how. The Bible doesn't say tell us how he finds out that Mary's pregnant. And then Joe decides that he wants to break it off with her, wants to dump her quietly, um, wants to discreetly take care of things so that, um, that, so that she wouldn't be embarrassed. Uh, but then we find out that Gabriel once again steps in. And in Matthew 1, this is what he says. It says, while he was trying to figure, out, figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit is, has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves, because he will save people from their sin. This would bring the, prophet, the prophet's embryonic revelation to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel. Hebrew for God is with us. So awkward situation. Not exactly how their life was planned out. God often takes you on a, on a journey that you don't have planned out. Time moves on. They're not even married yet and they actually have to travel to Bethlehem to participate in the census um, conducted by Caesar's Augustus. Mary is heavily, heavenly, heavenly, hev- both heavily and heavenly pregnant. Um, no cushy travel back then No first class or business class, fun times, definitely no Instagrammable moment at all. Um, They arrive to a very overcrowded, stretched to capacity Bethlehem. Um, No place to stay, nothing left, no accommodation, not even a spare room with family and they end up bedding down um, with the animals. And, you know, kids, this may seem like your dream option. You may love to be sleeping in the barn with the animals, but... Can you imagine, mums in particular, and dads, 
and I Googled this, after what would would, would have been in Jesus' day, a five-hour, five, not five-hour, five-day-plus journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, um, arriving and there's like just no place to stay. You know, it's almost still a two-hour drive, drive in today's traffic right now. And if you're heavenly, hev- heavenly, I keep saying heavenly, I mean heavily pregnant, um, it is, that's not a good journey. Uh, so can you imagine Mary, pregnant teenager, traveling with someone she may or may not know? Um, well, no family, no mum, only then to sleep in what is essentially um, where the animals are kept. Imagine the smells, the dirt. It's not what a mother dreams of to have her first baby. Um, and yet this is where Jesus, God in human form, decides to be born. King of kings, prince of peace, wrapped in a blanket, put in a feeding trough. You know, not much time passes and your first guests appear, strangers, um, mums. Can you imagine? You're in a barn. You've just given birth for the first time. Your mum's not there and you're away from your family and you're really, really young and then strangers appear. The nativity picture is a very clean picture. Um, It's got a serene-looking Mary who's quite angelic, even though she's just given birth. Um, It's got, you know, Jesus sleeping peacefully, Joseph (laughs) standing proudly um, watching, and the shepherds, you know, quietly as with their sheep who are so well-behaved sitting in this picture normally. Um, You know, it, it, it almost paints a picture that is so unreal when you think about what has actually just occurred. Um, you know, at the time of Jesus' birth, once again, Gabriel, he's a busy boy, this angel. He uh, is he's out in the field and he presents himself to some shepherds that are outside of Bethlehem. And this is what happens. In Luke 2, 2 it says, There were shepherds camping in the neighbourhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly God's angel stood among them and God's glory blazed all around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A saviour has been born in David's town, a saviour who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises, glory to God in the heavenly heights, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. Now that would have been an Instagrammable pick. A heavenly host of angels singing glory to God. It goes on to say, as the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Let's go to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who who heard the shepherds were impressed. The shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they'd been told. You know, God announces the birth of his son in a spectacular form, but he doesn't do it to the leaders of the day, the famous, the wealthy, the influential, the important, or even the most religious. Um, but he invites the lowest of lows to be the first to meet his son. You know, he put on a show for the everyday, ordinary minimum wage, 
earner and invites them into his presence. So here's the thing about the nativity picture. Most are not complete without the wise men, which is kind of weird because the wise men didn't actually meet Jesus until much, much later. Jesus was not a newborn in a manger when they rocked up um, and, and yet they appear in most of our nativity pictures. The Instagrammable image is actually incorrect. Um, it represents Jesus' birth and somewhat of his early childhood, really. Um, it's some, and it sums up most of Matthew and Luke in the first two chapters. But this Im- but, but not all. The, this image represents two different books by two different authors written for two different reasons. It's a picture. A picture paints a thousand words and this one has painted a thousand words for a generation. But I wonder um, if it's painted all of the picture. There are so many layers to Jesus' birth. At times, in reality, it's not, a very, it's not very pretty. It's awkward. It's probably a little bit frightening and uncomfortable for Mary and Joe. And yet God chooses to entrust his son to a young girl and her carpenter fiancé and allows shepherds to visit and spread the word of his arrival. The wait is over. The Messiah, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, is here. For me, the way Jesus is born reveals a lot about God's character, shows us a lot about who he is and how he operates. So much much could be said about who God is from the way that his son actually was born. But two things in particular stood out to me as I reflected on the story this Christmas. You know, the first one is, is that God doesn't work in expected ways, but he, keep, he always keeps his word. God doesn't work in, in expected ways, but he always keeps his word. Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, did not come into this world as the Jewish nation expected. He did not meet their expectations of a warrior king. He wasn't born in such a way that exuded power. He wasn't born to people of influence. And yet every prophecy ever written, you know, Jesus' birth fulfills those prophecies. For years on my desk, I've had a little post-it note and it has this quote on it. It says, God doesn't always live up to your expectations, but he always lives up to his word. It's been on my desk for years, just to remind me. Jesus continues through his earthly life and ministry not to do things the way the Jews expected, and yet Jesus fulfills every promise God ever made. We see this through the much bigger story that is woven into God's word um, that he's been telling since the beginning of time. You know, God's ways are not our ways. And in Isaiah 55, it actually says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, he may, may not answer your prayers the way you expect, or in your timing, um, or in, in your way. He may not always meet your expectations. God doesn't work in the same way that we do, but he always keeps his promises and he always keeps his word. You know, in Psalm 18.30, and for Coast Christian Kids, this was one of our memory verses, it says, God's ways is, ways is perfect, perfect. All 
the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. God's way is perfect. And yet we spend a lot of time questioning his ways. You know, um, because God is a promise keeper, because he always keeps his word, you know, we can be assured that he is faithful and trustworthy. Jesus, God in human form, fulfillment of God's promises is totally faithful and totally trustworthy. Jesus is totally not what was expected, but the absolute answer to humanity. Secondly, you know, another thing that I that I can see um, about God's character and the way that he works is that he's not a distant God. He's not a distant God. Matthew 1, 23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. <laughs> it, would never, it was never God's intent to be separated from us. It's not how we were created to be. Christmas, Jesus' birth, announces that God is here with us. Jesus fully human, fully God, here with us. You know, what I love most about the, the nativity is the shepherds. You know, the fact that Jesus' birth was announced to the shepherds reveals something extraordinary about our God. You know, if Jesus, uh, yeah, something extraordinary about our God, um, he's not distant. You know, Jewish expectations and what they actually thought Jesus would be was completely different. Revealing himself, revealing Jesus to the shepherds turned their expectations upside down. The thing is God is not distant. He's ever-present, interested intimately uh, um, in you, accessible to you, absolutely engaged in every moment of my life and yours. You know, if Jesus had come as royalty would, wielding power, would he still be accessible to everyone? If the news of Jesus' birth had been announced to the VIPs of the day first, would Jesus still be accessible to everyone? If Jesus had been born in a palace, would he still be accessible to everyone? You know, society's lowest of lows received the most important news ever first. Jesus came for everyone. He's accessible to everyone so that all would know God and have an opportunity to be reconciled to him. You know, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus stepped into our messy, dirty world. He met us where we're at. He waded into humanity and bring restoration, relationship, and life. Do you know nothing is too messy for him? There is nothing about your life, your circumstance. There's nothing about anything of part of your life that is too messy for him and that he will meet you where you're at every time. He's not distant. He's fully engaged and he's totally accessible to you. You know, the nativity. It's a picture that paints a thousand words about us and God. It's a celebration of Jesus' birth. It's very Instagrammable. But it's also a reminder that the same God that we celebrate in this pic is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And these truths are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God doesn't work in expected ways, but he always keeps his word. 
and because of this is faithful and worthy of our trust. God is not distant. Jesus is interested in you, the real you. He's not distant and he'll wade into any mess you're in and he'll meet you where you're at. He's fully present and accessible to you. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, for those of you that don't know Jesus really well, if you actually looked in the book of Matthew and Luke and read the rest of those books, uh, you will actually see that these truths that God, um, that God is totally, that Jesus is totally uh, unexpected and that he's not distant, um, you'll see those things reflected time and time again in the way that he actually lives out his life and the way that he's actually accessible to people around him. You know, he totally didn't do things as expected and it was totally accessible to those who sought him and he still is. So kids, young people and those not so young, wherever you fit on the scale, who would ever have imagined Jesus? God in human form, born in a dirty stable, placed in a feeding trough with a teenage mother and a builder for a stepdad, first visited by the lowest of lows with a heavenly host of angels singing him glory, is present and available to you. Will you trust him today? Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for the gift that he is and we thank you for the way that he is just such a reflection of you and your character. Lord, we thank you that he is unexpected and that your ways are way higher than ours and that your plans are perfect every time. I thank you that he, that you are trustworthy, that you're worthy of our praise and that you're a faithful God. And I just really ask today that as we gather around um, and celebrate your birth, that there'll just be some time where we can reflect on who you are and, and Lord, maybe there's some time where we can actually invite you into our mess and that you'll meet us where we're at and that we will trust you. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. In your name, amen. Thanks, Nick. It's a great reminder of who Jesus is and the way he wants to connect with us and he's readily available for us. So can I encourage you, as Nick just shared, if if Jesus is someone you've never really met and someone you haven't got a relationship with, can I encourage you to check out um, those books that Nick suggested, the book of Matthew, the book of Luke. There's also the one of Mark and of John who tell us about the life of Jesus. And maybe this Christmas is a time for you to meet him and uh, have a relationship with him as he leads you in life. Um, I just want to mention as we wrap up today that this is the last gathering we have for 2021. Um, tomorrow, if you're watching this on Christmas Day, tomorrow, Sunday the 26th, we're not having a gathering at either of our campuses. So can I encourage you to just be present wherever you find yourself at this time of year. And we'll join together again in January, Sunday the 2nd of January. And that will be our Sunday family gathering. It's an all-in gathering at both Tumby and Bensville. And it's going to be a time where we just want to concentrate on being the church family, where we can pray, where we can worship, where we can have communion together and just support and encourage one another. And then for the next four Sundays in January, I uh, just want to let you know we're going to do a mini um, sermon series for four Sundays in January about understanding our mission. 
Um, what is going on on the Central Coast? Who are the people around us that God has called us to be on mission for and on mission to? So really looking forward to that. Um, but hope you can join us anytime in January online at Bensville at Tumby. Have a great Christmas and we hope to see you in the new year. We'll see you then.